The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Well, hello. I'm Katie Maloney, and you probably know me from a little show called Banner Bumber Rolls. I've been labeled all kinds of things, a bitch, a bully, and a mean girl. But there is so much more to a person than what you see on TV. Tune in every Friday as I talk to some of my friends and castmates, celebrities, comedians, medical professionals, and maybe some political figures. And by the time we're done, you're going to love me. I'm Dr. Deepika Chopra, the Optimism Doctor, and this is Looking Up, a place where you can expect to find raw, transparent storytelling. Listen in to learn real science-based techniques to cultivate more optimism, resiliency, and authentic joy from artists, athletes, experts, and many more. Today's guest on Looking Up is one of the most sought-after beauty doctors in the world, Dr. Barbara Sturm. After starting her career in orthopedics, helping pioneer a procedure dubbed the Kobe method after Kobe Bryant had it performed on his knee, she then pivoted to helping her patients feel and look their best with her own science-backed skincare practice. Dr. Sturm revolutionized the beauty industry with her innovative anti-inflammatory philosophies and her protein-packed treatments for both the body and skin. She developed the Vampire Facial in 2002 and has gained a loyal following ever since. We talk all about inflammation and how managing inflammation is really the key to health and wellness. We talk through how she stays feeling good and looking good while running her company, mothering her children, and dealing with all the day-to-day struggles and stressors that we all face. Dr. Sturm tells us all about building resilience through loss, having the courage to shift in her career, the relationship between how we look and our mental health, maintaining an anti-inflammatory lifestyle, and building a business dedicated to helping people feel good. She helps to uncover some skincare myths and her thoughts on how some of the most popular treatments and products may actually be more harmful than good. We talk a lot about this idea of respecting our skin. After all, it is the largest organ in our bodies. It's no secret I am personally a huge fan of her products and gentle and effective philosophy. Take a listen to hear from the powerhouse doctor herself. The way that we start looking up is sort of this little section that I like to call looking in. And it's just a series of some very quick, short, rapid fire style questions. So the first question I have for you is, is there a book that you have read that has actually changed the way in which you live your life? And if so, please share with us the title and why. In general, I think, yeah, everything inspires us and changes a little bit in our outlook. One book I actually really, truly love um, is from a, a, how do you call it? Sometimes my English is leaving me. So anyway, his name is Krishnamurti, you know, you know him, you must know him. So Krishnamurti to me is really inspiring. And although he lived or wrote his book in the 70s, um, it still applies to today's world more than ever. And I learned so much reading his book. So that definitely inspires me. But I also am reading a book called Sapiens. Have you read it? Oh, yeah. Yes. So, so, super interesting on religions and everything regarding humans. And I think it's just like super, super cool to read. And yeah, I think you change your outlook on a few things each time you read an interesting book. Yeah, and absolutely. And even each time you read the same book, 
I know for me, there's like a few books that I always revisit and it changes my outlook every single time or my mindset, depending on where I'm currently at when I, when I pick the book up. But, um, okay. People think I'm blank, but I'm actually blank. You know, these questions are so hard for me because (laughs) first of all, I never really think about what people think about me. I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, whatever I am myself. So I guess what people might think that, that I'm a beauty junkie, but I'm not. I really slid into this industry by chance. I'm really a scientist. I hardly, you know, I, I keep my routine very simple. I don't use makeup. So yeah, I'm not a beauty junkie. <laughs> Three words to describe yourself as a teenager during your high school years. I think I've always been very ambitious, very focused, but I always had a lot of fun. I like that. Okay. And three things that have brought you joy today so far. Oh, today. I mean, I wake up snuggling my six-year-old, which is always a big, big burst of joy. And then I was playing tennis with my husband. And then I went for a swim with my my kids. So we had like, like basically the most joy you have with your children and with your family, you know? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So I have so many questions for you, but really I want to start, I guess, kind of what you alluded to. Uh, I know you're a scientist and I would love for you to share a little bit of your story, what type of scientist you are, what type of doctor you are, and how, what is this by chance getting into the beauty world and how that all worked? So when I was four years old, I wanted to become a doctor. And I was, my mom was a lab doctor and she would take me to the hospital and I would just go and see patients with her. And I got so fascinated that I decided then I want to be a doctor. And I did everything to become a doctor. And then I wanted to become a pediatrician in the first place, but I already had a kid with 23. So being with all these like really suffering children really broke my heart. And I said, I cannot do it. I cannot do it. So I, I went into the orthopedics because I also studied sports. And in the orthopedic, I came together with a lot of scientists, which really caught my attention and my love and passion. So I really got into the science field in the orthopedics and I helped pioneering a treatment where you basically take the blood of a patient, process it in a certain way, create anti-inflammatory proteins and re-inject those into the joints to take down the aging process of the joints and the inflammation. So that is what I got so fascinated. That's why I'm talking about anti-inflammation all the time because it's pretty much going together with aging, but also with destruction and any kinds of diseases, chronic diseases. So I translated this whole knowledge into the skin. And just because I had like, you know, difficulties finding a good moisturizer when I was 30, I couldn't believe that the market was so lame, that there was nothing which could help my skin. It's like, what's going on? So my, my grandma was a pharmacist. I went to my grandma and said, what do I need to put in a good cream? So she gave me all the ingredients. I put a cream together with my pharmacist and added my proteins from the blood. And it healed my skin overnight. It was sensational. So this is how I kind of got into skincare because my patients all got hooked on that blood cream and they asked me for more and more and more and more. So I just like really Wonka creating products. And yeah, out of like request from myself, but also from my patients, I created like products. That is amazing. And sort of what you were talking about in the start, the procedure, the treatment that you sort of helped pioneer, I want you to tell everyone like what you have in common with Kobe Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, he was just one of the patients who got the treatment with the blood, you know, the anti-inflammatory. For his um, knee, right? For his knee. Uh, yes. And it's um, helped his career tremendously. But it's basically, there you see the, the correlation between inflammation in a joint, the yes. pain, the destruction, the inability of movement. And then if you take down the inflammation, you basically, you know, get your movement back, your age backwards, you know, you basically stop the destruction process. And it's the same in the skin, you know, we cannot cause inflammation to our skin, you need to do the opposite, we need to be anti-inflammatory. And that's what my whole skincare line, but also the whole philosophy is about, you know, life philosophy. Would you say that inflammation, or I would say treating inflammation or keeping uh, inflammation down is sort of the key to like wellness and health? Absolutely. I think, you know, inflammation is obviously a process triggered by the body. So it's part of our immune system. So we don't want to totally undermine this process of inflammation, which is also needed to a certain extent. But if it comes to chronic silent inflammation and keeping inflammation high through, you know, self-inflicted damages on our skin, like using Retin-A or like colic or acid peels or our diet, like just eating fried food and processed meat and sugars and sodas, that is like self-inflicted inflammation or, you know, not getting enough sleep or smoking, drinking alcohol, whatever. I mean, we, we know all of that. So I think it's, you know, the goal is to really keep the inflammation down or better under control. Mm-hmm. And when you develop this cream and this particular cream that you developed with your grandma, who's a pharmacist, and also with your own sort of knowledge and background in orthopedics and in inflammation, is this, is this an anti-aging? Is this product still the core of all your products? Like you still have this product in circulation? Well, this product, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've made, I, I make these creams for myself, for my friends, for my patients and just sort of, I mean, like, you know, you have to have a, you know, personal appointment. Because you need someone's blood. Yes, exactly. Okay. And so it, it doesn't get more custom than that. You literally take, you need, part of the ingredient is the person's own blood for it. Yeah, um, right. I actually really need this cream. So the next time I, I know, see so you, good. I'm giving you my blood. Yeah. It's so good. Did you stop after that working in uh, orthopedics? Were you just completely... It was a transition. First of all, I love orthopedics. I think it's another really great area in the medicine field where you, when in the medical field where you can help patients to get off their pain, you know, make them happy. So it's really a grateful medical field I love. And so I was treating a lot of orthopedic patients where I built out the, you know, I created the vampire facial or the blood facial in 2002 and I was treating patients with it. So I did it parallel. I did orthopedic patients and aesthetic patients. And then, you know, I moved further away from the orthopedic, more into the aesthetic. So, but it was a transition over a course of years. I love that you said that you are not a beauty junkie and actually like I've had the pleasure of being in your company before and being in your environment. And I would say actually quite the contrary, you're, you're quite a minimalist. And you're, I love that you say, you know, your skincare routine, obviously, if it's not including the time for the mask, but is actually just a couple minutes. 
And right. that's something that's a really, uh, it speaks to me in what I do because if there's one thing that I feel is kind of a big stretch is right now, one of the biggest questions I feel that I'm interviewed for all the time and I see other people, you know, magazines, blogs, anything is like, what is your full morning routine of wellness? And I get this, I read these articles and it's like not even joking, like maybe a 20 step thing, which I think is amazing. If someone could have- But that is also time- crazy. Sorry, that is crazy because I think lots of people who, who are doing those, you know, little episodes with- whatever magazines, I think this is like, oh, they get sponsored by this brand and by this brand. I I don't buy into someone having like a 20 step routine. I, you know, not most of the people I know, it's just like, it's just like, okay, let's just, you know, throw it all in there and do something for this brand. It becomes a lot of marketing. It's not authentic anymore. I think people who are authentic are the ones who actually say, you know, today actually, I didn't have time to put anything on my face right now, you know, because it's like, okay, this is real life. You know, with children, we have a job, you know, I think, you know, skincare is a form of luxury in in the the form that you spend your time and have spending time as luxury as a busy woman, you know, and that's why I think it's so important that you have skincare steps, which actually work. And if it's just two steps, fine, you know, let's, you know, put the right. serum on and moisturize and gets out of the door and we feel good in our skin, you know? Yeah. And, and, and not even just the skin, like for personally, like I think people are often like surprised when they ask me about morning routine and they say, oh, you don't meditate for 20 minutes every morning or you don't, you know, do one of your visualization. I'm like, no, like if I can, if I can fit that in, which to be honest, I don't know the last time I could, that's great. That's a bonus. But I really believe in, in helping people adopt one to three things that they can ritualize in a morning that takes like less than two minutes, something they can do from anywhere, anytime. So if they're traveling or they have to go somewhere for work or they forgot something, it, it's not, it, it's the most easy and efficient way to boost your mood and start your day off. And it's it's those like non-negotiables and those very efficient sort of pack a lot of like what you said, if it's if it's actual product, like it packs a lot of punch in like a short amount of time and by itself. And so the same thing goes for, I, I believe, self-care and wellness rituals. If you're going to do them, they you need to know the why. They have to yeah. be bringing you joy or um, calmness or grounding or energy or you know resiliency. And the fewer of those that you make your non-negotiable and you can put them into your day, even everybody has one minute. What is your mission statement and your brand's mission statement? And then more so, what is your relationship and connection to mental health? First of all, I think it all ties together. I'm a medical doctor. And when I tell you I wanted to be a doctor when I was four years old, it's really what I'm, you know, what my destination was from the beginning of my life. And I'm at service to patients. I'm, I service people. I service them. I want everybody to feel good. I want to help where I can. If it's not just in my business, like everybody comes to me. I'm like this giving person. I love it. I love it. I, I like to give more than I like to receive. So this is just where my total nature is. So, you know, and I live this in my in my business, in my skincare. So while our products are quite expensive, everything else at Storm is for free. You can get so much education through us, so much help, FaceTime consultations, everything is free. And I, I want to be at service to my patients and 
that's the mission of this of this brand to give advice and help people to feel good in their skin and that's why i don't create bullshit products which mm -hmm. don't do anything and just maintained by marketing i create products where you actually see an effect and people come to me oh my god you transformed my skin thank you so much i feel so good in my skin yeah when we you know get up in the morning and we look in the mirror we want to feel good and that's so strongly connected to mental health i mean if if you know there's something we don't like in our skin on our face we become depressed you know subconsciously thinking about this all the time takes away from our life from our day from everything we want to achieve in life and so i think it's super important to help you know with good skin and you know that's why i also started um an aesthetic i inject botox and fillers which you know botox is proven to help with depression because you know when you look at yourself you have, it's just an example and you have these frown lines here you know you look angry mm -hmm. and you just look at yourself and people think you're angry you kind of like become angry in a way become an angry right. person And if your face is like lifted and sh shaped and like lifted in a way that you just can help with like little interventions to have a different, you know, look, which you not different, your look, but fresh and happy, then you also feel happy. So mental health and what I'm doing is so strongly connected. What are some of the things that you personally do in your own life to help boost mood and increase your own mental health or to sort of get you through through times of struggle? I guess, what's in your toolbox mentally? I, I don't want to say I'm an expert. I probably also have my troubles. And, you know, ever since I can remember when I was little, I planned my day through. I'm busy every second. And that's probably a problem. You, you can tell me that better. But, <laughs> you know, I'm just busy and I work. I work hard. I work, uh, and if I don't work, I you know play with my kids or I do something else. So, to me, actually, to take like these ten to twenty minutes to to listen to meditation times, which I actually love, it's quite quite something. I really have to plan it into my day. But you tell me. But I don't know if it's a tool, but that keeps me happy, fulfilled, and busy. And I don't have time to think about things which might be disturbing for me. I don't know. That makes sense. I think that obviously if it's, and this is not a consultation, but <laughs> obviously <laughs> if it's, you know, if it's something that you're avoiding feeling, that's a different thing. But I think on the whole, I like, don't think so. No, sometimes like being the quote unquote busy, but really what it is, is it's being fulfilled. It's being inspired. It's it's being challenged, your brain is working. And I think that a lot of times um, I'm similar. I really like thrive when I'm sort of putting, when I'm challenging myself and when I'm not necessarily like being idle. I, mm -hmm. I though, on the other hand, need like a lot of very relaxed downtime. Like that's just me. I'm like this person that I can give a lot of energy and all the things I'm doing. But for all of that, I need like, E almost equal amounts of sort of like alone, like completely turn off downtime. It's why yeah. like evening time for me is like when the kids go to sleep, like I I just need that time to literally do nothing, you know, and, and sort of like just not be on if that, that makes sense. And even just like 
to listen to myself. But I know a lot of people that actually it is a tool to kind of like keep themselves active. And I don't think that's a negative thing. And actually, we do see a lot of research too that like keeping our brains active and challenged is actually so protective for the brain. I totally can see that. I think, yeah, that's that is absolutely true for the brain. But also, you know, I go to bed quite early. Yes. So I, you know, I take enough sleep and I spend that time with my with my kids you know we have like really um intensive time together which also keeps keeps me happy and then another thing i think is good for everyone to do a sport they love you know when you play little tennis or you know you go for a nice walk that fulfills our or fills up our souls so much and releases some happy hormones so i always thought if i was a little bit down i I went and did some sports. Yeah, you did something active and you moved. Mm -hmm. Um, You moved the energy. But I also think what I hear from you and what I sort of gather from you is that you actually are very intentional with your time. Just the same way you're very intentional with, with your skincare ritual or routine. So it's about being mindful and aware of how you're using your energy and your time and making sure that the things you fill your time with or spend your energy on are actually things that fill you up and bring you joy and challenge you. And and that in a lot of ways is sort of that key to life, which is the opposite of living on autopilot and sort of just going yeah. through the motions. Like you're very intentional with what you choose to fill up your time with and to spend your energy on, which is our greatest currency, our energy and our time. So 100%. I... I think that's very inspiring. Um, and it sounds like it's something that you've actually been doing since you were quite young. Yeah. Oh, I was, <laughs> I was like little and I would do everything. You know, I was in the choir, I played tennis, I did ballet, I did soccer. I was in the biology class. It was all afternoon activities. And I was like booked through the entire week. And I, I learned everything. It was, it was cool. <laughs> What I want to ask you about is what are some of the things that we can actually do since I, I do feel like you are have devoted so much of your career on um, controlling and reducing our inflammation when it's not good. And so what are some of the things that we can do aside from utilizing the products for our skin, but also just generally internally, because I'm sure that that you would say that that's very connected. Like what comes out in our skin is also probably a reflection of what's going on inside. What are some things we can do to help control our own inflammatory responses? First of all, we can watch what we eat, the way we eat it, when we eat it. A lot of things can cause acidity and inflammation just by, you know, even if you, oh, I'm a vegan and I only eat raw food. So if you eat raw food, in the afternoon or in the evening, your body cannot digest it. It sits in your body and, you know, causes acidity and different inflammation. Or if we think we drink like smoothies all day, mm-hmm. you know, the, this, 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 the smoothies need to be digested as, as well. You know, you need to be able to um, already start the digestion process in your mouth, you know, and if we drink it, we don't get that part in your mouth, the chewing process. And, you know, these are still undigested vegetables we drink. So I think that is number one. Number two, we need to get enough sleep because I think inflammation levels go really up when we don't get enough sleep. Um, Stress. If you have a lot of stress, cortisol is rising in our blood levels and then causes inflammation. 
yeah, obviously sun pollution, AGV light causes inflammation coming as outside stressors. But these are like the main, the main problems which can cause inflammation. People always ask me what sort of, what is like the magic pill kind of equivalent that I can do to make myself happier or to bring more optimism and joy into my life. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news when I'm like there, I'm sorry, just like everything else, there really is no magic pill. But to be honest, good quality, uninterrupted sleep comes pretty close. And I think it's Mm -hmm. one of those things that is so overlooked. You know, when we have small children, we're constantly monitoring babies. I have a six month old right now, but we're constantly monitoring like how much sleep they get. Because we know they Mm -hmm. tell us, okay, they need to sleep at least 12 hours at night. And then they need to have three hours during the day of napping. And we're sort of monitoring that. And then we grow up and we get older and we forget that sleep is just as important for our brain development and body development as well. And I think that's just something that in our culture as well, where it is about sort of being the most efficient we can be and working as many hours and also socializing and doing all the things and and wanting to do everything, I think we often forget how important we sort of just overlook that and say like, ah, I've heard that saying where people say, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And it's just so, it's tough because I I get it. Um, You know, we, a lot of times people can actually function for a little while on no sleep. Then you have someone like me where it's like, my body won't even let me. Like if I don't get the right amount of sleep for me, within literally the next morning when I wake up, like at least two days, I'm completely off. Like I'm just not. Yeah. And it's so evident for me. My body just like responds immediately. And and then when I get enough sleep, it's like the exact opposite where I think and I feel like truly feel I can sort of manage anything. It's totally right. Sleep is super essential. We need eight hours of sleep. If we don't, our immune system goes down rapidly. Um, our memory system is uh, compromised, our inflammation level goes up. And that is a problem lots of people have right now because of anxiety, mm-hmm. um, cortisol is high in their blood. You know, with COVID and everything going on, there's a lot of stress in, in everyone. So it results in compromised sleep. And this is what we need to fix. So thinking we can sleep when we're dead, it's probably what young people would say, or oh, let's party. And, you know, sleep is part of our life and a third of our life we should spend sleeping and we, we should find the way how we can get eight hours. And I go to bed like sometimes with my kids, you know, mm-hmm. and I sometimes fall asleep with them because I'm also tired and then I get even more than eight, eight hours of sleep. But um, it's good to really take time out of the day or out of the evening. Don't be social every night or Yes. You know, try to also sometimes cancel your dinner and just go to bed early. I actually am one of those people that I, I've, I've read some research and, and it shows that each person actually kind of needs a different amount of sleep. And I'm definitely someone that needs more than eight hours. Like eight hours is not enough for me, maybe close to like nine, a little over nine is what I need. And you don't, I don't always get it. Of course, I'm a full-time working busy parent as well and in the middle of the pandemic especially and having a young baby but traditionally like that's what I need whereas my husband he definitely is more on the less I feel like he would be okay around seven reaching eight hours and as long as he's he loves to sleep early and wake up early and like he um for him like his routine is very important and if he doesn't get that like morning movement 
or like workout or, or, you know, he's an athlete and, or he was an athlete. You know, if he doesn't get that, that is his like throw off. Whereas for me, if I don't get that like extra hour of sleep, my, that's my throw off. So like knowing what is, it's, it's again, everything really comes back to listening to your own body and figuring out, like trying different things and figuring out what is optimal for you. And I think that in this, you know, in today's world, it's it's hard because I think so many of us don't feel we have, or we don't create the time and energy and space to actually have that relationship with our gut and our instinct and our body and our mind just to hear and listen. Because actually it, our, our own minds and body tell us things all the time. And sometimes we don't quite hear it until, you know, our body has had enough and um, reacts in a very large way that you can't ignore. Um, but yeah, it's like a very interesting pattern that I see even in interviewing people on this podcast is like so much just comes back to, um, listening to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's, that's so important for people out there. And for myself, I'm in, in my thirties and I guess I would be considered in my late thirties now, but, um, for people like us that want to start thinking about anti-aging and not necessarily because aging is something that is a negative thing. I mean, I am, I grew up in a culture where actually aging is looked at as a really positive thing. And the more years that go by, the wiser you are, the more you're respected. There's something beautiful about natural aging, but I mean, healthy aging. What are some things that we can do and, you know, for our skin aesthetically, but also internally that what are like the really important kind of no bullshit that you've learned over time that are, are the things we should all be starting to consider? I mean, yeah. Anti-inflammatory lifestyle is probably one of the biggest steps in the right direction, but also using anti-inflammatory skincare products because, you know, our skin is our largest organ and we need to be nice to our skin because we're nice to our heart. We're nice to our kidney. Mm-hmm. We're nice to all our organs. We would never throw acid peels on our heart. It wouldn't, but we do it with our skin. So I think in the first place, we need to stay away from inflammation causing um, treatments or products um, on our skin. I think that's super important. What are some hidden inflammatory products that people put on their skins that they may not even know are? There is, you know, acid peels, which is super inflammatory. They're glycolic, hydroquinone, causing a lot of inflammation in our skin. So when I see products that have like glycolic acid and something called AHA, is that, are those things yes. inflammatory? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So all the acids to watch out for those. All the acids, yes. Except hyaluronic acid. That's a good one, right? That is a good one. That is okay. basically like a water gel, you know, okay. that is like a hydrate, a humectant hydration tool. Okay. Well, I was going to ask you right now with the beauty industry, I feel like there's, it's like every other industry. I think we're bombarded by so much and every brand or every person really, because of the way social media works, kind of has a platform. And like you said, there's so many things that are, you wouldn't even think about, but are actually intentional marketing. Sort of, there's a lot of marketing behind it. What are some of the beauty trends in skincare that need to be sort of debunked. And I think one of them definitely I'm hearing about is the acids because I actually have definitely heard people talk about how great those acids are for you. So 
the acids and anything else that come up that has sort of been a trend in in beauty skincare products that that people are sort of being bombarded with thinking that it's a great thing but actually we need to debunk that that myth you see those myths they're like promoted by marketing you know and not by people actually if you talk to beauty journalists or you know scientists they tell you they would never put this on their skin but then there's marketing which tells everybody oh put this on your skin right, and so, right. it's so confusing you know so they're selling yeah it's so confusing so um that's why I really make a point in educating and telling everyone this is inflammation. You destroy your skin barrier function. You destroy your microbiome on your skin. You destroy your functionality of your skin. Would you do this to any other organ? And do we really know what skin is doing? It's also interfering with our immune system. And, you know, if we would know better, you know, what skin is actually for and what it does and what it helps with and what it supports, we would not be doing that. That's why I do skin schools or I do master classes to really answer questions and tell a little bit about the physiology of the skin. And acid peels is one thing. Also, why why does a product need to have fragrance or perfume mm-hmm. in it? Mm-hmm. Another myth actually is organic products. They're yes. quite rough. They're quite rough because you know organic means you put like you know an herb in a jar. Mostly it's like oil formulations because you can't even get it water loop. It's like just not a good way. They'd missed a step in the lab, which is so important because the step in the lab makes a, uh, an ingredient reliable, antiviral, makes um, reliable in concentration, and makes it super effective. So the step from the lab to the jar is really important. And so lots of organic products have a lot of essential oils, which are quite aggressive to the skin as well. So we just have to to see yes. the pros and cons here. And to educate ourselves, which is why I love yeah. that you offer skin school and especially over this past year where so many of us are sort of doing so many more at-home treatments and also, again, being um, sort of given a bunch of... Uh, advertisements in our face in all different ways, like very personal of the things that we need and and the things that, um, you know, this really works or that really works and this looks great and this branding's awesome and this is what is cool now and this celebrity's using this and we're sitting at home. And look, and we- this is another thing. This is another thing. You know, we, we think we want to curate our own skincare routine and we have like all different brands, different bottles, looks cool in our bathroom, kind of like the look of it. But that is not a good idea either because the one product might defeat the purpose of the other or yes. interfere with an ingredient from the other. Stick to one philosophy, stick to one brand, choose one brand and then go for the whole thing. Yeah, That's such an interesting point. I never really thought of it that way. But yeah, like how do we know the brand that formulated this product wasn't thinking about the fact that you were mixing it with this other product and right. it could... Uh, at the very least, uh, negate the other one, but at the very, you know, it, it could also like be detrimental maybe or, or, you know, really anger your skin. You know, I'm a science nerd and uh, of course more so with the brain, but I, I'm obsessed with science as well and efficacy. And so I guess I, this may not be interesting to a bunch of other people, but what in the products makes the products anti-inflammatory? Oh, there's so many ingredients like the spot treatment, for example, asbestos root, um, balloon vine, 
um, zinc, um, it has a bunch of ingredients which help tea tree oil, for example, too, which help to bring down inflammation. I mean, it's like a whole formulation we put together. Well, I think the the thing about your brand and really about you as a person is that your work speaks for itself. And so I think that has been something that I've really admired about, about your line. And of course, you also being a scientist and it being rooted in science, which in my opinion is why it also works, is what I'm really attracted to. So, and it does, I mean, not that aesthetics and everything is everything, but I'm really drawn to the simplicity of your branding as well. So for me, it's just like, I like the way it looks on my counter, kind of what we talked about. I am sort of a a beauty product. I don't know if it's a junkie. I'm not a makeup person. I don't really know how to apply makeup. I've never been that. I, I don't know how to do those types of things. I wish I did, but I just don't. I'm a lazy, but I love trying out new products. I love trying all the products, but there are very few that, you know, after trying for a period of time that like I really truly believe in. And I'm always open and curious for more. But I think like you said, people aren't stupid and you can sort of be open and curious about all the things in the world. And then when you find what works for you, you really stick to it because there is a reward there and yeah. and it's authentic. And so I think that that is really important. I think like it goes back to you and your ability to be very intentional. And I think that's something that I gather from you as one of your sort of self-mastery emotional tools is you're very intentional, which I really love. Yeah. So just to, to switch back a little bit more personally, what has been sort of something in your life emotionally that you have struggled with the most? And how did you work through that? What was your resiliency sort of journey through it? Or how are you currently working through it if it's something that is still there? I think one really traumatic thing was that my mom passed away when she was 69. Very quickly, she had leukemia. Um, I think this is something you kind of never really work through with your family. It's impossible to ever work through. I think that's very dramatic for everybody. And, you know, I was so close to my mom and that is on my mind, even though it's like nine years ago, it's like always on my mind. But um, I think something um, a little more relatable is, um, you know, being kind of, you know, when you built a business and you choose people to work with you and you give so much to people, you train them and then they turn around, they steal your patience, they, wow. they, 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 they steal your technique, they, they just copy everything you do, you taught them that is kind of heartbreaking and disappointing, you know, and I often, you know, I give so much trust to people as, you know, because I'm just, I'm just a person who trusts other people. And then something like this happens and you're like so disappointed in, in human beings. You know, I think there's a lot of betrayal in, especially when you grow a successful business. And that is hard for me to deal with because I'm, I'm very sensitive and I'm, I like harmony and I give my everything to my team, to my family, to my friends. I'm a really good friend. Honestly, I just, I make everything for everybody possible, but that to me really shook me. And I think that is something you have to just become, I, that's how I, you know, you have to learn how to, in a big scheme of 
things, it doesn't really matter. You know, they will never be able to to do what I do, and it doesn't matter. It, but it's just you just have to be cooler about it and just like okay, whatever, move on. You know, don't think about it, which is hard. But I think in a business, mm-hmm. you have to become a little more businessy. That is business, and that is friendship, and yes. that is family. It's not all together. You can it can be, but you know. Normally, you just have to see it and you have to separate these things. And I had to learn that. I'm so glad you bring that up because I think that's something that, especially right now, where I just feel like, again, where everybody sort of has a platform, um, things are just more accessible to people to to do, which is beautiful and amazing. Mm-hmm. There's so much opportunity, but um, that does leave so much more room for imitations and mm-hmm. and that type of stuff. And I think it's easier said than done always to, to to sort of shake it off and sort of be like, you know, the, the classic line of imitation is a compliment, you know, or complimentary like that. But it's so much easier than done. I mean, I like in the last year had, I'd say like four times a group of people reaching out to me and being like, look at this card deck um, or, you know, on exactly this. And I I won't name the names or anything or look at this person who's doing this or, and in like three out of the four were like such a direct copy that it was like, and they had bought, like I had gone back and seen and they had bought them. They Um, bought it. Yeah. And, And it just was like, and I, this is what I do for a living is like also literally work through these types of emotions and help people. But it really bothered me. And I have to be honest, like the first one like really dug at me and it was like, and I didn't even know them. So I can't imagine, you know, what it's like with someone that you actually, you know, are training and and teaching and that level of betrayal. But either way, it's so much easier said than done. And and I'm a sensitive person too. and, And I'm the first one to also be like, hey, this is what I do. I'm an optimism doctor, but I am also very transparent about my journey and, and I'm not anyone's guru. I'm not the most optimistic person. I say that all the time. I'm just another human trying to increase my optimal well-being and living just like everybody else using the same tools that I'm teaching. And I'm pretty transparent about my experience and in dealing with it. And so I, I, and there's no easy way to sort of do that. And there's no easy way to like learn and yes, being more business savvy about it, kind of being more protected, taking like the legal um, sort of precautions that you have to take. But emotionally, they're really like we go through life hoping and expecting people to not betray betray us or to do their own thing. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, that level of of disappointment and going through it and and I totally can relate in some way, in some ways. And and just to tell you, like even you know, coming from someone like me who is helping people manage these, giving the tools, like it is easier said than done. And I, I, sometimes you just can't even get over it and then you have to get over it, but it's still there. And it's still just like, you have to just, for me, it was like I, blocking it all. Like I really, it really, I didn't want to see it anymore. Like I, at first I was curious and I was like, I want to see everything that like is similar. I'm just thinking, you know, there's a brand which copied exactly my visuals, my design, my everything. I need to check if we actually went after them because I mean, it looks like Sturm, but it says something else, but it looks exactly with the brightening, the calming, the glow drops and everything. I was like, what? 
Yeah. Crazy people out there. Crazy. Well, hopefully it goes back to that. What you said, people are not stupid. So they know where it comes from. They know the real, they know the authentic, but it still doesn't, it still stings, you know, and it's still you, it comes from that. Like you, you sort of are going through life expecting and, you know, hoping that people don't do that and you give them the benefit of the doubt. So when it happens, it's another level of sort of just disappointment in general. But, uh, you know, uh, you don't need to hear it again that, in, of course, people are going to try to imitate you. <laughs> you don't need to hear that again because it's just, it, it is what it is. But anyways, the last thing that I want to ask you about is what is looking up for you? So what are you most excited about? What are you optimistic about personally, professionally? And is there anything new on the horizon for Sturm? Oh, I'm excited every day about life, about watching my kids growing up and in their journey everything is exciting to me and yeah I love life in this way being like you know floating through life and coming up with new exciting things I have ideas every day literally you know my team sometimes doesn't want to hear it because it's so much but it's cool it's exciting and um, there's a lot for Sturm on the horizon a lot of cool things I guess there's a further development of Sturm I'm most excited about the opportunity with my voice to maybe have the chance to change the outlook of the skincare industry a little bit in the in the way that we respect the skin as it is, you know, a big organ, the largest organ of our body. We should see skincare actually as medicine. We should really respect the skin and not trying to attack it and bombard it with aggressive ingredients. We should really try to heal and repair our skin constantly, not just for health, but also for our youth in the mm-hmm. skin. You know, I think people don't understand if they attack their skin, that this will cause aging instead of anti-aging. You know, I think that is something we need to really change in everybody's minds, but also in the, in, in, in the way the industry looks at it. And there I'm actually glad that the industry is copying me because they're copying my messaging. They're copying exactly what I'm saying, which is great because that's one step further to making the skincare industry a better industry. I I love that. And that's a vision that I am excited about too. And, and it's so true that it is our largest organ and I'm not even like attacking it, but I think oftentimes people, we we often think like this is sort of not important or it's frivolous or it's um, extra, but like, it's so true. Um, you know, our skin, what we, we, we are now so cognizant of what we put inside our bodies. I'm hoping to get people thinking about um, just what they spend their energy on and what they spend their brain power on, their emotions on. And then also it's so important what we're actually putting in our bodies through our skin, which is huge. And I think people just don't relate to that yet, but it's happening. Yeah. So the last thing that we do at Looking Up is I pull a card for you from my Things Are Looking Up Optimism deck of cards, which we've talked about, and give you a little homework for the rest of your day, which you don't have to answer now, but something for you to do for the day. And it looks okay. like Jag is interested in helping me say this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, great. Bubba. I'm reading. I'm going to read Dr. Sturm her card now, okay? Give yourself a dose of reality. Even the happiest life has ups and downs. It's just the way you navigate through them that is of your concern and in your control. Think about something that has been a struggle and think of something that has made you so happy. A happy life is multidimensional and includes your joys and struggles. Your life is a happy life. 
Thank you so much for being on with me. Thank you. I appreciate it. Big kiss to everybody. You too on your end. Thanks so much for listening to Looking Up. For more optimistic content, follow me at Dr. Deepika Chopra. For more info and how to get your very own Things Are Looking Up optimism deck of cards, head to thingsarelookingup.co. If you like what you hear and you want to support the show, please don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Our theme music is Me and Shaw Day by Tommy, courtesy of Terrible Records. I'm your host, Dr. Deepika Chopra, and I'll see you next Monday for your weekly dose of optimism.